0: What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Two Smart Dummies Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Marcus.
1: And I'm your host, B Reed. Brady, what's going on, man?
0: Nothing much, man. Enjoying another beautiful day. <laughs> You know, you got uh, catch your favorite WNBA finals game last night. Elena Del Don had to leave early, league MVP. Connecticut Sun was able to come back and put a beat down on them. Uh, you know, 1-1 series. Yeah, I was excited, Going back man. to – you know, One chick
1: dropped – well, one female person <laughs> dropped 30-18, and 18, so she balled out, but nah, I didn't pay too much attention to it. We need to get a WNBA a little bit more respect, but I just – Haven't never gotten into it, man. I tried.
0: You know what? The WNBA doesn't do themselves any favors because they schedule it during, you know, high-peak times, right? Now, was I I doing anything on Tuesday? Not really, but I was watching the baseball game. (laughs) You know what I mean? But it's their fault also because
1: they put it during the big three. Oh,
0: well, you know, (laughs) I got to disagree with you there, but... Yeah, I mean you had the Washington Nationals pull out uh, a comeback win against the Milwaukee Brewers. We're moving on to the second round of playoffs in Washington. Um so that's WNBA's fault. You can't then you're going to schedule it during a, a Redskins game on Sunday. Not a not a good call WNBA. Come on, man.
1: Well, I mean uh to be fair, the Redskins are
0: trash. <laughs> that's true. WNBA might draw more fans. Yeah. Um NBA camps then kicked off. And I can't tell you, man, I I am excited. I, I need basketball in my life. Like, I'm, I'm starting to fiend for it. I'm starting to to scratch like uh, Clayton Bigsby. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I need my rocks. Yeah, I need it. I, I, I'm with you, man. I'm reading all this news, getting excited.
1: I'm ready to watch some preseason basketball, even though it's going to be totally awful. Oh, yeah. But I'm excited for it, man. I'm here for it. I just watched James Harden play China and do one-leg shots and get a triple-double in the first quarter.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, these dudes ain't playing real competition (laughs) right now. This is just to get their their cardio going. Uh, What
1: teams are you excited about this year, man?
0: As always, I'm always going to be excited about Memphis. Uh, I love John Morant and Jaron Jackson. got this chemistry. Um, I like Memphis's team. I think they're going to, I think there's a lot of young fun, fun teams. Now, I don't think Memphis is going to be playoff contention, of course, but like Atlanta's fun to watch. Memphis could be fun to watch. Um, I think Utah with Mike Conley is going to be exciting to watch. There's just, the Kings are going to be fun to watch. They barely missed the playoffs last year. So, you know, we'll see if Luke Walton come in and really open up that system uh they're they're definitely gonna be a league pass team and of course uh the new orleans pelicans man i'm i'm excited to see what what zion and and uh, and lonzo ball and, and that crew's gonna do brandon ingram that's a hell of a team if, if i mean they're young i'm not saying they're playoff contenders either but they are gonna be fun to watch yeah they're gonna
1: they're gonna play at a very very fast pace and you put a uh, drew holiday with those guys who's just solid and Jackson Hayes, man. They
0: could be a, Even a JJ Redick. Yeah, they you, I mean that that's important for that team.
1: That could be a really fun team to watch. I don't know if they make the playoffs. They could be more like the Sacramento Kings this year, be th- two or three games out but make it fun to watch. So I'm with you, man. It's just I, I'm always concerned about how healthy Zion can stay. He just seems like he has a lot of knick-knacky injuries, but if Lonzo balls the engine of that with Drew Holiday, and um, J.J. Redick, I really like what they're putting on the floor each day. And young kids play with a lot of energy. And you got some good veterans around them. I really like what they're doing, how they're building their team. I love what the Hawks are doing, like, with, like what you said. Um, Sacramento Kings, I think we picked them to go to the playoffs last year. They came up just short, but they put some pieces together. I mean, I like think the addition of Harrison Barnes, getting rid of Willie Colley Stein and adding in Dwayne Dedman, uh, Trevor Ariza, they put some defensive players. They're a really, really deep team. Another good team that's mixed with veteran play and young talent. So I, I like what they're doing. But I really like the Orlando Magic, man. I'm really invested and interested to see what Markel Foles can do. Like, I'm, I'm one of his believers. I don't feel like he got a fair shake in Philly. The biggest thing with me is Joel Embiid has a big personality. Seems like Ben Simmons has an ego in the times that Markel Foltz did get in the game, he didn't do terrible. He looked he looked like the first number one pick. He could get to the basket whenever he wanted, but he looked like a player that needed the ball in his hands a lot, and that just wasn't a team team for him to have the ball. I mean, Ben Simmons had to have the ball, and whenever you make a mistake, they'll kind of get down on him. So I'm interested to see what he does for an Orlando team that made the playoffs last year and then really in need of a dynamic, consistent point guard. So I think folks could be big for them, man.
0: Yeah, and you want to know, you know, for those listening out there, if you want to know how big of basketball fans we are, notice that we talked about teams that are either not going to make the playoffs (laughs) or are, like, on the fringe. We didn't mention the – You know, we didn't mention the the Los Angeles Clippers getting Kawhi and Paul George. We didn't mention Golden State, you know, missing Clay, missing KD, but adding D'Angelo Russell. We didn't mention the Los Angeles Lakers getting – I mean, there's just so much going on in the NBA to where, I mean, whatever you want to watch, it is there for you. This is the best – you know, this is the deepest we've been in the NBA in years, and, I mean, the product – you know now's the time we're we're in that ground floor of where there's not really a dominant team. I couldn't tell you who's going to win title this year. I don't I it could be the Clippers. I don't think it would be the Lakers, but it could be. I think the Warriors could get back there. I mean, you know what I mean? Like there's there's a ton of happening right now where I mean, I'm just excited, man. I really, really am.
1: Yeah, it's been a long time since I've been this excited about basketball. I mean, usually you got the two or three teams that you know are going to win it for the past five years. we known Golden State would most likely be the one that gets there. Uh, we knew that we had to wait to see Golden State to Houston to get a real legit matchup. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't a lot of parity. We kind of could call it before the season started. I think the last time that the NBA's been this deep was like, what, 2007, 2008, something like that, uh, when it was the Suns, when the Suns knocked off the Lakers, and you had the Suns and the Spurs and all those teams. Yep. But it's, it's been a while, man. But I'm, I'm genuinely excited because, like you said, I don't know for sure who's going to win the West. I mean, anybody, you can say, oh, well, you know, the Clippers got Kawhi and Paul George and they're this and that. Yeah. But, I mean, Golden State just got D'Angelo Russell, and they won 70 games without without KD. And so you add a D- dynamic playmaker like D'Angelo Russell to replace Klay, and then you have pretty much a lot of young talent there. They could be really good because they actually – they're hungry this year. You add Elton Brand – I'm not Elton. I say Elton Brand.
0: I was about to say what year <laughs> you say you were in?
1: <laughs> yeah. Added Al Horford to the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. That's so big. Man, that's going to be – Like I said earlier in the year, this may be the best defensive team that we've ever seen. I mean, there's not a dude on that team under six, four in the starting lineup (laughs) and they can all move really, really well.
0: And you know, that's for me, that's the difference between my, like, I do love football, but this is the difference between the NBA and the NFL for me. It's like, you know, I'm not going to watch a young developing (laughs) NFL team. That's not my team. Right. Like, I, I watch the Raiders because they're, they're my team, but I'm not going to watch a young team like Niners. I don't know. The, the Niners, the Cardinals. Like I'm not going to watch those teams because, A, bad football is almost worse than anything. Um, <laughs> you know, it, bad football stinks. Yeah, um, it's disappointing. Right. You know, but the NBA, yeah, I might be watching two non-playoff teams, but there's a player that... Like, like, Devin Booker is probably a classic case, right? Like, the Suns are always bad. I don't think he's the greatest player, but there's times where he's fun to watch and he puts up 60, 70 points, usually the last two weeks of the season. Yep. But <laughs> you you know you're going to catch a game where he's going off or Kimball Walker in Charlotte, who's now in Boston, which gives them a different feel. Um, but there's players that you can watch from different teams that, oh, let me catch this on league pass. Oh, you know, the Dallas Mavericks. Let me see what uh, Porzingis and um, – uh, Dodgers look like. You know what I mean? There's just so many different things going on in the NBA that where while it might not be two great teams, you can find something to be entertained by.
1: And, you know, it's because the NBA at the end of the day, even if you're playing, I mean, even if they're bad teams, it still comes down to like one-on-one matchups, handling the ball, dribbling, sort of like, you know, soccer, the moves that people put on. You know, this still can be exciting even when you're watching bad Basketball, like you could be watching bad basketball. You're watching bad teams, and somebody could get dunked on. Somebody get crossed over. Some dude can get hot and hit three or four three pointers in a row. When you're watching bad football, it typically means you have an awful quarterback, and you're not seeing anything happen. Like it's just right. Like watching the Dolphins is probably one of the most frustrating things you'll ever see. Like even when they get, I a couldn't g- imagine. <laughs> like even when they get a good drive going, some dude will just randomly fumble, or you'll throw it to the halfback wide open. It'll just bounce off his hand with us it's just not entertaining at all at least bad nba there's something to look at
0: yeah so all right man well the nba will have its time we're getting there um before we get kicked off i just want to know you know tonight for those y'all that don't know tonight is actually a great sports night okay you've got college football or excuse me you've got um you've got the mlb playoffs the oakland a's um are taking on Ah, well, we, I forgot. You got to let them
1: know what tonight is. This probably won't be released tonight.
0: Oh, yeah. we're <laughs> Sorry, we're recording this on a Wednesday. Um, you know, so tonight you've got the Tampa Bay Rays and the Oakland uh, Athletics for um, the American League wild card game. So if you guys want to get into playoff baseball, you can. But it's also opening night for the NHL. Stanley Cup uh, champion blues going against the Washington National, or excuse me, the Washington teams are all everywhere today, yeah. um, but it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time, um, you know. So I know it's not traditional. We're about two weeks away, three weeks away from there being something to watch every night, but uh, I'm pretty happy, man. But let's talk about some college basketball or college football that happened last week. Um, speaking of the Carolinas, uh, North Carolina almost took down Clemson. What do you think of that?
1: Yeah, man. Um, I think that Clemson came in and took North Carolina lightly, which they should not have because North Carolina has played some big games. They they beat they upset somebody. I can't remember who they beat early in the season, uh, but they're a tough team to play. I thought they were actually going to pull this game out. They didn't. Clemson still won the game. Um, a lot on their defense, but I think I think Clemson is showing some holes in the armor. On, this, on another note, they tend to do this early in the season anyway, struggle against some ACC teams if they shouldn't. I just don't know how much of the game plan they're actually showing in these games because they'll look like this early in the season and then look unbeatable against Bama in the playoffs. So I, I don't know. Maybe they're holding back some of the playbook. Maybe they're trying to work on some new things. It's just hard to tell with college football sometimes, especially when you have such a dominant team in a conference that doesn't have any real contenders to compete with them.
0: Yeah. Um, other than that, man, not a lot happening last weekend. Um, I wasn't particularly interested in any of the games. Uh, we have a few this week that are coming up. Like, it's, like I said, man, it's kind of what you and I've talked about, right? Like college football just does not have that luster for me this year. Um, and I don't think it's just cause my team stinks. I just think that overall, you know, Alabama hasn't played a real team yet. Um, Clemson doesn't look good. Uh, you know, I'm more and more impressed with LSU and Auburn than I am with Alabama and Clemson. Um, but other than that, man, the big the big ten I don't believe in, Ohio State does look good, but they also haven't really played anybody because no one's good. Michigan stinks, Penn Penn State stinks. So um, but if you guys need some games to watch, uh, Iowa, Michigan, um, Oklahoma State Texas Tech is, is kicking off. Texas West Virginia, we'll see if that's any good. But the, I guess the game of the week is going to be uh Auburn, Florida. Well, are you, is there anything you're looking forward to?
1: I really like this Auburn team, I really like Bo Nix. Um, I, I think that this will go a long way, uh, in the into showing how good Auburn is. I really don't think Florida is as good as their ranking says. What they're ranked 10th, I believe, ninth, ninth. Yeah, I don't think that's a – I think this is – Oh,
0: 10th. You're right. I'm yeah, sorry, 10th.
1: Yeah, I don't think Florida's like one of the 10 best teams in the nation. I just I just don't. I mean, I haven't I seen either. anything that impressed me. They're benefiting from where they started, and they beat some fluff teams because I believe Miami was ranked when they played, played them. Maybe not.
0: Yes. Uh, yep, they were. Okay. So. But back half, though.
1: Yeah, I just – I don't believe in this team, man. I think Auburn is going to impress on prime time like they did the last time they played against Oregon. I think this – I mean, I think that – I don't think this will be a good game, man. I think that the only thing that makes this a good good game is because they got numbers beside their name. If they take those numbers off of Florida, then this isn't a primetime game, and I don't think it should be a primetime game.
0: Yeah, so we'll see. I, I'm, I'm ready to get into the meat and potatoes of college football, which, you know, I try not to rush college football because, as I talked about, man, this is my favorite time of the year, and we're, I can't believe we're already a quarter well, – really. You know, damn near halfway through college football, um, and we're a quarter through the NFL season, so I don't like rushing it, but I'm also ready to get to the meat and potatoes of of the college football season. But this is kind of
1: what you want, though. You want these teams to have some tune-up games, some lower-level games, so you don't see really sloppy football and somebody get upset when they shouldn't have, so... I like the meat of the schedule being on the back end to give these these teams, you know, time to condition, get into their systems, learn. So when you see, you know, LSU play Bama, it's not like they're still trying to figure out who's quarterback or what offense they're playing. You get the, the best teams playing at the right times, which is a more accurate view of who the best teams are as opposed to, you know, Alabama getting Auburn the first game of the season when they got a freshman quarterback you know what I mean I want to see when these teams have developed at the end of the season that's when I want to see these big teams play each other to get ready for the college football playoff
0: yeah and I get that it definitely makes sense but I also think about it like you know when you get to that uh you know what part of the season matters right like I sh- there shouldn't be games in college football where it's like, there's there's more than one week where it's like, you know, I really don't have to watch this week. I'm not going to miss anything. I think that that is kind of what takes um, a lot out of it for me because not only are there not really good games, like the the matchups that, that were supposed to be good like a Wisconsin versus uh, Michigan a couple weeks ago turn out to be complete bust for the most part.
1: Well, we also have um, I think Wisconsin's playing Iowa State. There's another game or is
0: it Michigan playing Iowa? There's another ranked... Michigan's, Michigan State and... uh nah,
1: Michigan's playing somebody that's ranked. Michigan maybe playing yeah, Iowa. Yeah, that's what I said. said Michigan-Iowa. Michigan. Oh, yeah. yeah. Michigan-Iowa's playing. So that should be a good game. I just... I mean, Michigan kind of got their offense going last week. If they use those receivers, that offense is really good. I don't know why they're still trying to pound it. They got three really good receivers that's really big. And if they use those receivers, you could see a different Michigan offense than you saw earlier in the season. You still got some matchups in the Pac-12 where they're beating up on each other. They're, they're good games, though. I mean, you can't say they're not good games. They're exciting to watch, but with them beating up on each other, it's not going to help them in the long run. But if you're just looking for entertaining football, all those Pac-12 games where they're playing each other and they're beating up on each other, they're good games.
0: Yeah, I mean you did have Arizona State who beat Cal, who Cal was the last undefeated team in the Pac twelve. Um, you know. The Pac twelve all seems to it they all seem to be evenly matched, which isn't great for their conference, right? So, you know, while yeah. We're just talking I about good
1: from, matchups though. I'm just saying good yeah. football to watch. I mean, I think uh
0: Washington's playing uh Stanford. Washington-Stanford, where Stanford has not looked good at all this year. And then
1: USC is playing Arizona or Arizona State, I want to believe. Somebody that's like 4-1, and one, I thought. Or maybe I'm off.
0: I think USC plays Cal.
1: Cal, Cal, okay. Yeah, but yep. there's there are some entertaining games to watch if you're just looking at entertainment. But I don't think any of those teams are going to end up in the college football playoffs, but... Just entertaining games. You check out a Pac-12 game. They've been going at it, man. They're beating each other up. Um, one team will be ranked; the other one's unranked. It hadn't really mattered, man. And so, just, I, that's all I'll say. They're entertaining games. I don't think it'd matter for the college football, but to get you through this stretch of no no marquee games, I'm telling you, though, there have been some good games in the Pac-12 this year.
0: So, getting to the NFL. Hold on, before we
1: get thir- get there. Um, Last week we mentioned pay-for-play, or was it the week before California Mm -hmm. signing that law? I did want to clarify Mm -hmm. um, that this is not college football. This is not the universities paying paying these kids. The pay-for-play in California is saying that these kids will be able to sign an agent and make money off their likeness and get endorsement deals while in college but the colleges are not actually playing these kids i think this is the way to go when you talk about paying college kids because this goes back to well the whole argument is that you can make money off these kids likeness but if you start paying everyone then it doesn't really account for your superstars and your walk-on players you're it's not feasible for everybody to get paid. It's not feasible for softball, some softball players, or you know, some cricket players to get paid. Some track, some schools don't have track. It's not feasible for them to get paid. So the only way to do that, I believe, is the way that they're doing it in California, to allow these kids to get agents and be paid on their own likeness. That way, if you can get money, then you can, because those are the people that we're talking about. Because not everyone deserves to be paid in college. I don't believe.
0: Oh, I agree with you on that. And yeah, you're right. It's not the same. I mean, at the end of the day, it's got to be the revenue driving sports. Um, And so now it looks like the state of Illinois is actually following suit to California um, to try to let their students um, make money off their likeness as well. So um, I don't think this is the death of the NCAA like people are calling for, but I definitely think that this is going to make a huge difference especially as you start to see recruits that end up at a lot of these California schools and perhaps soon the Illinois schools um, they're going to level the playing field at some point so this is happening and I think it should
1: well I mean uh, the NCAA they are going to challenge this though Um, they've already said that they're going to challenge this legally they believe this is a a, and this this won't even take place until 2023 also but the NCAA is already saying that they're going to challenge this ruling in California they're not just going to let it slide Of course not. But the NCAA needs to look into this and just kind of let it go. I understand you want to keep it amateur, but, I mean, you get something for going to the Olympics, too. (laughs) You still consider it amateur. But if they don't, they're going to be in real trouble. Um, The NCAA, the thing about the NCAA, is we talked about this before, the NCAA is going to be in trouble because they don't make the majority of their money off of college football. So, yeah, it's going to be hard to affect college football, but most of that money comes from, goes to conferences directly from TV deals. So I don't think that this is going to have a major impact on college football. It may. It may not. But college basketball is going to be huge. Because that's where you actually see kids' faces. That's where they become stars in the tournament. They're marketable. It's harder to market. You can market players like quarterbacks in college football, but it's hard to market other players because you don't see their face. And with the addition of the um, – what were we talking about the other day? The NBL? Is that what it is that what it's called?
0: Yeah, the NBL.
1: With all those uh, American, owner, American former players – Buying into the NBL, that's why you're seeing more of these five-star athletes skip going to college and going straight to the NBL and playing in like the Australian League because... Of you can get paid And because they know somebody is going over there The scary part is, It used to be going overseas You didn't want a 17 year old going over there Because they're going over there by themselves They don't know the culture You know They're going to feel alone Nobody speaks English But when you start getting some American owners That can kind of tutor these kids And help these kids out on those um, obstacles it's, it's going to really change things You've already seen La, uh, LaMelo Ball And what's the other kid's name Terrence Uh I just lost the other kid's name. The two five stars that went this year.
0: I don't I don't know the other kid's name. Yeah. I definitely know Lonzo though. Uh
1: Lamello. Yeah, I can't remember the other kid. There was another kid that's Lamello. Yeah, yeah, there was another kid that went too, but there was two five stars that didn't go to college and went to the NBL this year. That's growing. Man, People are either sitting out or you going know overseas.
0: What? You put it like this, right? When was the last time you paid attention to college gymnastics?
1: I don't, but I don't watch it. That, that's not
0: fair. Exactly. That's not fair. But, but, a- no, 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 no. No, here's where I'm <laughs> going with this. No one's paid attention to college college gymnastics. However, um, Caitlin Ohashi for UCLA was the biggest star on the UCLA campus for a few months um, because of her, her Michael Jackson routine and, and a very popular routine that she did. Um, and... She just rose to stardom. She's been in ESPN, The Body Issue. She's been on all types of stuff. And if she doesn't go to the Olympics, there's really no pro league for her to go to. But she single-handedly made the NCAA or whoever is over um, college um, uh, gymnastics. She single-handedly made them millions, if not a billion dollars, yeah. just her. Yeah, that's pretty. You know, and you know, you're telling me that that she doesn't deserve to be paid for her likeness. It's not about hey, well, we can only pay um the basketball or the football players. It's about if I have a popular star like Kate, Caitlin Ohashi in gymnastics, she should be able to make money off her likeness without getting kicked out of school.
1: No, I agree. Cause I mean, I guarantee you they made money off of it.
0: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and, and it's exploitation. That's what it is. Um So, you know, we'll see how that goes, but um, I'm glad it's getting passed. I know a lot of people who I think I personally just do not agree with. And they say, You know, well, they're giving you a free education so that you can go on and make, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. Well, guess what? How many of us idiots are sitting around with college degrees and a ton of debt not making millions of dollars? (laughs) I mean, what kind of argument is that? So because I can't capitalize off of being uh, a non-athlete, mediocre motherfucker that just sits around, a world-class athlete shouldn't be able to? Come on, man. Like... Man, make it make sense,
1: man, I feel like in sports, sports is the only thing where the general public like sides with the corporations or they side with the owners. you know what I mean like in every and
0: I know it's 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 systemic, dude, it really <laughs> is one of those things to where you know people feel that athletes particularly African-American athletes or majority of African-American athletes didn't deserve to get the financial stature that they did. They got this just by being able to dribble dribble a ball or catch a ball or throw a ball. Um, and it's not due to any kind of merit. And when it comes to college, you have so many people that say, well, this kid wouldn't even be here because he couldn't get the grades to get into Alabama, which may or may not be true but you're only saying that when it comes to a large part of black athletes.
1: And why do you need grades? I mean, I I, I don't understand that when you, you go to school to like major in what you're going to do in life. You know what I mean? They're going to school for football. So, why do they need to take classes? I mean, I understand it's part of the whole collegiate system, but I just think that that's a whole that's that's a sham in itself you know
0: what i mean well on that part of the argument then what's the alternative right like not every college football player goes to the pros no i agree you know i, I agree with so.
1: that but i mean those are also the kids that you're not really saying this about because they are taking real courses and real degrees Correct. but the kids that yes. are going there for football you know it you know what i'm saying they're getting the liberal arts yeah. degrees or the I don't want to disrespect nobody's degrees, but, you know, you know it when you see their curriculum. But, I, you know, I watch, you know, you see the people highlighted, somebody having a double major, somebody having a doctorate. So it's not like all football players are dumb. People know what they're there for. You know what I mean? Right. There's some kids that are just there to play and they want to be coaches. You can, okay, if the dude wants to go to the um, the NFL and they do want to play um, pro sports, then let's put them in business classes, finance classes, marketing classes, get Create a program just for that—something that will keep them in the classroom that they can actually use. You know what I mean?
0: Like you could tailor you, that. You do have your your anomalies, right? Like Josh Dobbs. It, you know, I think he's like an astrophysicist. Yeah. Um, and what was the guy's name? Was it was it Samari Roll? antrell One Roll of the Roll, Roll brothers was a, was a Roll yeah, scholar. A, yeah, exactly. So he's like a doctor walking around somewhere right now. So, yeah, I mean. For the most part, yeah, it's guys, you know, you're exactly right. You know who's there for an education, you know, who you know, and, and that's that's a choice, that's fine. Like, yeah, I mean, whatever, these guys are good, you're exactly right. We major. If I played college football or college basketball and I had no desire to do anything else, hell, I'd probably be working on the University of Arkansas's campus right now, you know what I mean, or yeah. or. Trying to. I'm just saying um, they should
1: just make a college football like a major. You know what I'm saying? A college basketball major I or agree. a sports major where they take half the classes of other students and they're more directed towards what they're gonna be Finance using classes. it for. Yep. Finance, accounting, you know, money management, you know, business marketing you know, branding, stuff like that. And they can take half the credits and get credit for the other half of them playing their sports or going to practice like a recreational or um, what do you call it when... Uh, an elective, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then you mm-hmm. could fill it in like that, and then that that would give the players that are just there to play for a reason to actually go to these classes and they can take something out of it instead of just having them going to college algebra and English, you know what I'm saying, the stuff that they don't think they're going to use. Give them some classes that could benefit them where they're going, sports broadcasting classes. You can you can make a broad array of classes and courses for football for basketball for gymnastics for college softball that they can specialize so even if that doesn't work they'll have a career or afterwards they will have a career
0: yeah so that's um that's our rant on college athletics (laughs) we're pretty Um, good at
1: ranting about college athletics fyi
0: you know what more people need to be good about ranting about it apparently (laughs) because there's too many people that don't understand um Let's get to the NFL, man. Your Philadelphia Eagles took down the Packers in a comeback win. Two and two. Um, but I think that obviously they have a problem on defense. Um, the Packers, I, th- I think more lost this game. If Devontae Adams doesn't get hurt, he probably catches for over two hundred yards and probably a touchdown. But you saw once he went out of the game, as not, you and I have kind of talked about the, the Packers' offensive talent. Now their defense has surprised me, but their offensive talent is just not at a great level. Aaron Rodgers, outside of Devontae Adams, doesn't really have a reliable receiver to throw to. Um, Jimmy Graham pops up every now and again. I think Aaron Aaron Jones is just a an average talent. I think Jamal Williams is, my, is probably an average talent. Um, they, they got a lot that they need to work on.
1: Bro, don't disrespect my Eagles. Have respect for the 2017 Super Bowl champions, number one. <laughs> number two... Devontae Adams didn't go out until, like, the fourth quarter. We, Eagles had already turned that game at halftime with the sack fumble by Derek Barnett. But, to go to your point, once they, the Jim shorts made the brilliant decision not to play Devontae Adams' one-on-one press man covers with no safety health, I think that the defense got a lot better. I don't know what the hell they were doing, thinking that Sidney Jones could guard Devontae Adams one-on-one with no self-safety help, like two or three times. Do we had a hundred like a hundred yards in the first quarter or something like that?
0: 150 yards. 150 in the first
1: yards half. in the first half. Once they adjusted their defense, put role coverage and played that type of coverage on the other receivers, then you saw that Packers offense start to struggle. And I believe that's what you're gonna see. I don't know why teams aren't just playing them just like the Bears played them. All you have to do is keep all the attention on Devontae Adams. Force those other receivers to beat you and kind of stack the box. And they can't do anything. None of those receivers can get open. Aaron Jones isn't dynamic. Jamal Williams, what is his name? It's Jamal Williams,
0: right? Jamal Williams, yeah, Jamal
1: yeah. Williams is the dynamic one, but now he's out for a couple of games. I think that you're gonna. See, I think what you saw earlier in the season from the Packers was a bit of a fluke, a bit of you know what we've said—they weren't that talented, and that defense is better than people thought. And Aaron Rodgers can keep you in the game, obviously, but if you just put all your attention on Devontae Adams and play somebody underneath, play somebody over the top, and have somebody else watch him like the Bears, I don't really see that offense consistently moving the ball.
0: Yeah, um, so we'll but see. But I do like Blake Martinez on that defense. That, he hits anything that <laughs> yeah. moves. Um, yeah, he, he – I, I don't know how many times Chris Collinsworth or, and uh, Al Michaels said his name, but every time I blinked, it was Blake Martinez, Blake, Blake Martinez, Blake Martinez. Yeah, that dude's legit. sideline to sideline, that dude is fast. Mm-hmm. Um, sneaky fast. <laughs> a, a motor that never motor stops. Motor that
1: never stops. Uh, sneaky uh, lunch quick. Lunch pail guy. <laughs> Intelligent. Uh, what?
0: Yeah, I was about to say, I was watching the Raiders game, um, and Max Crosby, the rookie uh, defensive end out of, uh, I think, Central Michigan, made a, uh, a forced um, forced a fumble from behind, a super athletic play. Like, he caught up to Naheem Hines, or, or no, it was Paris Campbell, but caught up to him and knocked the ball out. And, of course, Rich Gannon couldn't wait to... <laughs> He's his he's got a motor that never quits. It's like, dude, this, this dude's a fucking athlete, man. Like, enough with this. They yeah, say they say the, they I mean, say the same
1: stereotypical things, whether it's black or white. They even got one yep. for like the uh, the Samoans. <laughs> they got like it's weird. They everybody they want to put everyone in a box. Why can't a dude just be yep. fast? Like. Christian McCaffrey isn't sneaky fast or sneaky athletic. He's just fast. You know what I mean? He's, yeah, he's, and athletic. He's just as athletic as fuck. I mean, his dad's Ed McCaffrey, so he should be able to run. And his and mom catch. was like an Olympian <laughs> track athlete. Yes, yeah. so, so I mean, he should be pretty good at running and catching the ball. He's pretty good coordination. Yeah. Good genes. There. I mean, they
0: they basically bred a freaking ro- uh, a, a machine. Yeah. So with a yeah. crazy um, work right, ethic. Man. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's always how it is. He works. He works harder than everyone. <laughs> Um, The Falcons look terrible. Yeah. Uh, on offense, on defense, the Falcons just look bad. Is this the end of the Dan, Dan Quinn era? If this continues, it
1: should be. I mean, ever since he blew the Super Bowl, I mean, they hadn't really gotten their shit together after that. It's like a a hurricane with lasting effects in the fault line. They just had never mm-hmm. looked like the same team again. Uh, Devonte Freeman looks like a shell of himself. They're not blocking for him even when Ido Smith get in there they can't get anything going in the run game. You got Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, Austin Hooper, Sanu and you can't consistently move the ball. It blows my mind. Like what are they doing with this offense? Was uh old oh boy uh what was his name? The offense coordinator. Was he such a genius that's the
0: only way they could move the ball? Yeah. Um what's his face? Uh Kyle Shanahan. Yeah.
1: And um, then um, on top of that just fantasy news their secondary is wide receiver gold. so if you got receivers yeah. going against their secondary they're giving up a hundred maybe 200 yards to seven receivers um nelson aguilar had 100 against them um uh, uh, both a.j brown and Corey davis just had a hundred against them with the titans and mariota at quarterback yes he's looked better but he should not be having 200 yard receivers against your defense
0: that's a problem yeah So they got to get that figured out. That team is a team that looks like they're going to have to blow it up or make some moves, fire some coaches. Somebody's got to explain why a team that's that talented is no good. Especially when you're paying your Um,
1: quarterback with like 100. Well, he's about I think he's about to get another one, but I think they're paying him with like 140, 130. They're paying
0: him a lot of money. And then you just paid Julio like 90 guaranteed or something like that. And he just opened up a new stadium uh, that's got Chick-fil-A that it don't fucking open on Sundays. My fault is 60, you know, 66
1: guaranteed. How does that work?
0: What? You said they got a Chick-fil-A in it? Yeah, they got Chick-fil-A in there, and it doesn't open on Sundays.
1: That's what I'm about to say. Why the hell they got a Chick-fil-A in there?
0: <laughs> just to piss everybody <laughs> off. One time I crave Chick-fil-A is on a Sunday. So, so, so you um, can only eat Chick-fil-A on Monday Night Football? Yeah. it's like they might as well Chick-fil-A might as well just use that as storage. Like, oh, I mean, that's, that's like that's where we get we keep our buns when we gotta overflow like what's the point holy
1: concerts and Monday yeah. Night Football you
0: know what I mean <laughs> I guess cause they don't there's only like one college game there a year maybe I don't know nah it make they get sense.
1: they get um they get they get the uh are you talking about the SEC championship right is
0: it still in Atlanta yeah yeah
1: okay that's
0: dumb um so, are you more impressed by the bills, or are you more surprised by the Patriots? So Tom Brady had his one of his worst outings as a pro. Um, you and I have been talking about on this year podcast that the Bill's g- defense is um, definitely legitimate. Uh, I thought that that Josh Allen did everything he could to lose the bills this game, but I also kind of turn around and say, well, this, this Patriots defense looks like it's one of the best ever. So uh, you know, what do you make of this game?
1: I really liked what uh, I liked what Josh Allen has done up to this point. I mean, we talked about this last season. He was going against a really good defense, a really good secondary. Uh, they kind of took away his options, you know, his little leak out plays. John Brown's been his go-to guy in Dawson Knox. The Patriots' defense is good enough. They built that defense around that secondary with McCourty and uh, Gilmore. They can shut down the receive the, the um, receiving the receivers. Frank Gore still had a good game, and I believe if Josh Allen wouldn't have got hurt with a concussion, that the Bills would have pulled that game out and won. Putting in Matt Barkley after Josh Allen got that concussion, so it's it's kind of like this is what I expected from the Bills. Even if John Josh Allen played bad, they still did what I expected. You get some bad series, but you're going to get some good stuff, too. They're going to be able to move the ball, convert short yardage, um, keep their defense off the field. That's the biggest part. Keep the defense off the field till they're fresh. And I thought they did a really good job of that. It's just they were unfortunate enough for Josh Allen to get hurt. They need to get a better backup because Matt Barkley is never getting it done.
0: Ever. No. <laughs> and it's crazy because think back to Matt Barkley during uh, college and i've never seen a cat fall so far man i mean he went from being the number one overall draft pick to saying you know i'm staying at usc because we have (laughs) unfinished business to become the third round draft pick by a team that didn't even need him at the time in the philadelphia eagles um i've never seen anything like it never um bad advice by the agent man i sue that agent (laughs) mm, mm mm-hmm i'd still be suing his ass 10 years later um I don't know if you caught a lot of this Chiefs Lions game, but Patrick Mahomes actually looked human uh, for the first time. This was his first ever game indoors, and he didn't really play well. Um, completed less than 50% of his passes. Um, you know, threw, didn't throw for any touchdowns. Uh, Chiefs were able to pull it out, but um, more impressed by the Lions and that defense or. A little concerning for the Chiefs.
1: Uh, nah, I'm definitely more impressed with the lines on defense. I mean, we had spoke about this uh, last week. Like, what can you do to stop Patrick Mahomes and slow him down? Even though they won the game, they did some interesting things against him. But that Matt Patricia defense on the lines that's a really good defense. I believe last year they were like a top five defense also. They're really fast in the linebacking core. Um, They put a lot of pressure on them, and that secondary was able to hold up. I don't know how many teams can do what they did. Like, I know the Patriots can do that. Um, After that, I'm not positive (laughs) anybody else that can hold up on that back end with using their linebackers to put pressure on Patrick Mahomes and stop him from buying so much time. You got to kind of keep him in the pocket and don't let him get room to run around and step up. They did have some breakdowns at the end of that game on that last drive. They let him get up the middle like They didn't have enough pressure straight up the middle. They were trying too hard to keep him from rolling out, and he gashed him with a big run play at a really bad time. But I think there's some things that other teams can take from that. You know, Kind of speed rushing them, keeping them in the pocket, but you still have to have that middle pressure. If you don't have that middle pressure and he has time, you just can't get that kid time. Those receivers are too fast, and he's too good looking at the field. But that's the only way I can stop him. But like I said, I'm more impressed with that Lions defense to be able to hold that Chiefs game. I think that They did enough to win the game. They just had a couple of breakdowns at the end of the game.
0: Yeah. Um, You know, I I do want to say, and this isn't really a fantasy football thing, but, you know, everybody's kind of coveting this guy. TJ Hawkinson is for real. Like, that dude is an athlete. I don't know that he is going to be, like, ever going to live up to his potential in this offense because, for whatever reason, Matt Stafford doesn't really utilize a tight end very much. But, like, You know, of course, we talk about the play where he fell on his dome. But when he gets open, like he, I don't want to hear anything when it comes to TJ Hawkinson about deceptively fast (laughs) or like that dude is a freaking athlete. Same with Travis Kelsey. Same with what Gronk was. Like that dude, if he's utilized correctly. That's going to be the future tight end right there. I mean, he is—he's nasty.
1: Yeah, um, tight ends. It takes a little bit longer. We've said this before. I mean, Zach Ertz and all the tight ends that you name across the league. Most of them didn't come up, come out just consistently burning up the lead. And even when they did, you saw some inconsistencies in their game. Just because you have so much to learn. I mean, you're essentially a wide receiver and a offensive lineman you know what I mean so you have to learn so much you have to be able to block you have to be able to run routes you have to know so many different plays and schemes it it takes them a little bit longer so I think that he will be fine he had that big game and then people kind of adjusted to him that first game was playing against the Cardinals I think they've given up 200 yards to every tight end they've played yeah I can (laughs)
0: can get out there and do some things as long
1: as you're they don't have any good linebackers well I mean they got Jordan Hicks but that's it you know Hey, you take that away they don't have any good coverage linebackers I should say so every tight end they've played has gashed him other than that he's kind of struggled but I think that he's gonna be a really good tight end though
0: yeah um you know I've talked about this and hopefully people are starting to kind of see it but um man Jacoby Perette is a franchise quarterback I know I said it last week I'm saying it again I know they lost to the Raiders this week but um the the reason that they won that that they lost that game is because I think his receivers had seven or eight drops and anytime that happens you know you're you're, but they were accurate passes Eric Ebron dropped three or four passes by himself Um, but Jacoby Brissett looks damn good and he's the only quarterback to have a multiple touchdown game this season Um, yeah yeah or every game this season I should say so he's doing the right things yeah I like Jacoby Brissett he's really calm and cool in the pocket
1: he's very efficient Um, That pick six is very uncharacteristic, but as you said, he's playing with a lot of receivers that probably shouldn't even be in the game. And a pick, that pick right there, it had to be some miscommunication. It was just... He doesn't throw passes that bad. You know what I mean? So, the way that came off, the receiver read a wrong route. It was a miscommunication or something because that's just unlike him. He's a really efficient, high-percentage player. Like we said last week, he reminds me of Rich Gannon. He's just calm and cool, takes what the defense gives him. He really he usually doesn't don't beat you. And I'm more impressed with that loss than I am with the wins that he had because he He wasn't depending on a T.Y. Hilton to make plays for him. He's out there with not a lot of talent in the receiving cores, and he still kept them in the game against a a decent Raiders defense. So I was really impressed with Jacoby. I think he's the real deal. I think this is why. I think I said this when um, Luck retired. I think Luck saw those practices and saw Jacoby and thought that he left the Colts in good hands.
0: Yeah, Um, and on the flip side of that for the Raiders, A lot of the same stuff, man. Like John Gruden and this West Coast offense, um, you know, one yard screens that, you know, the the thing that boggles my mind about what's going on with the Raiders right now because they are improved. They do have talent, but on offense, they don't feature their best playmaker, which at this point has been Josh Jacobs. Um, They don't feature him enough. Uh, And then, you know, to be running all these plays when they don't have the personnel to run plays, um, like a three yard slant, you know, slant goes up the middles, or really guys who can who can burn you and take you to the house. But yet, that's still what the Raiders are running. You know, Hunter Renfro is not going to burn you. Tyrell Williams really isn't going to burn you. Um, you know, whomever else that they, I mean, but they don't have they're, they're hurt, and it, it seems like this offense was built around Antonio Brown. And they have not adjusted to not having Antonio Brown.
1: Well, I mean, when you spend a whole offseason, because you got to remember, it went all the way up to week one. That's the periods where you, you know, mandatory OTAs offseason. Those are install periods. Those are the periods where you're putting in your offense. So I believe you're right. They did design this offense around Antonio Brown. The one thing about football coaches, they don't adapt well. They spend all that time putting in these plays. They're going to run these plays. You won't (laughs) see the offense change until next year, or maybe during the bye week where they can install some different things. But, Nah, if this is just totally isn't working, maybe they'll make a change during a bye week. But you don't see during the season these coaches making drastic changes to their offense because it takes too much time. All the players will have to learn different schemes and different plays. Like, they have something designed, and unfortunately it was around Antonio Brown. Now, what they need to be doing, though, to be fair... They need to be looking for another talented receiver to go bring in. I mean, even if it's not a player to the caliber of Antonio Brown, there are some players like a John Brown type. I'm not saying they're going to trade him, but you know what I mean. There's some di- Stephon Diggs apparently yeah. wants
0: out of uh, yeah
1: th- Minnesota. Those plays will fit Stefan Diggs perfectly. You can go find a dynamic wide receiver that's just good with the ball with the ball in their hands. Even a player to the caliber of like um, Cordell Patterson. I'm not saying they have to be the the play that they're running, that's what you need. You need like a kick returner type guy if you're not getting a Stephon Diggs or somebody dynamic. You need somebody you know old school Josh Cribs
0: type. You know who I think would be perfect for this offense? And it's crazy because it almost feels like Amari Cooper would be the perfect person what? to to, <laughs> to run this through. And as you know, as much as I hate to say it and I've always said, you know, if you can get a first round from Amari Cooper, you do that every time. Um, which turned into Jonathan Abrams, who I really like. Um, but if you're going to run this offense, you got to have an Amari Cooper type motherfucker back there. So honestly, now, no, I don't. Like I, I said, don't
1: think Amari Cooper likes running those type of routes.
0: But he's. Su- but the point is, he's such a precise. Well, he obviously don't like catching the ball too often <laughs> either. But uh, you know, he, he's such a great route runner. So is Stephon Diggs um Odell Beckham like those kind of guys you have to have if you're going to run this offense or if not your one yard screens are going to turn into one yard losses or no gains or two yards at best and yeah you're right they they have to adjust they got to get that figured out I
1: believe Tavon Austin is available if they call Dallas Oh uh, no thanks uh <laughs> hey so what do you so, uh, before you go I want, we on Stefan Diggs I want to see what you think about Adam Thielen Calling out Kirk Cousins, then Kirk, Kirk Cousins coming into the press conference today and uh, apologizing to Adam Thielen, <laughs> which obviously wasn't genuine. Right.
0: Uh, Kirk Cousins needs to apologize to a lot of people. I don't think I don't think that the Vikings like watching him play football. The fans certainly don't like watching him play football. Um the man's stealing money at this point, and I would you kind of called it out. I, I thought Kirk Cousins was at least a decent quarterback. I thought he would have been at least what Case Keenum was, if not more. Uh, he has been a complete atrocity because top to bottom, that Vikings team is the most talented and probably the best in that division from offense to defense, and it's clearly the quarterback that's the issue. So... Man, they got to figure something out. And this
1: is the problem with giving quarterbacks that much guaranteed money that doesn't deserve it. Now you're locked in because I think if you didn't give him all that guaranteed money um, every year against your cap and you had an out, because it was only a three-year contract. So if you would have front-loaded that contract and gave him all his money up front, then you could have cut him and just went with dead money. And if you'd have did that, you could be calling Washington right now to get Case Keenum back in the system. He's obviously a system quarterback. He works for your system. You could have got him back for a seventh round pick or something right now. But you can't even afford to do that because you're paying Kirk Cousins like $28 million guaranteed on the books each year. I would still call Washington, bring in Case Keenum as the backup because this doesn't look like it's going to have a good ending. If you already have your receivers, your best receiver in the, <laughs> your best receiver on the team, because I don't care what anyone says, stealing is way better than Stephon Diggs by by far. If you have him calling out the quarterback and calling out the offense, then you're you're, you're having a problem. And he didn't he didn't yeah, want to say mean, anything about Dalvin Cook because obviously Dalvin Cook is dynamic, but he makes good points.
0: Yeah, I mean, and so it's a problem when your best receiver is calling out your quarterback and, and your second best receiver wants to be traded. And not to mention the fact that they have two athletic tight ends that don't get the ball. You know what I mean? Like, um, Minnesota has a ton of talent on offense and on defense. And the fact that they are, you know, kind of limping around right now because of their quarterback tells you where the problem well, is. Well, they overcompensate um,
1: though, because, you know, the um, the offensive coordinator that went to the De- Filippo. They hit, John yeah, D. The hit. the problem was is that the head coach didn't like that he didn't use Dalvin Cook enough. They didn't run the ball enough last year, so they send him. I mean, he they fire him. He goes to Jacksonville. They bring in this other coordinator that's only focused on getting Dalvin Cook the ball. Why can't you find a offensive co- coordinator with balance, man?
0: Just, just yeah, exactly. They need to believe in balance. Um, let's jump around a little bit. You got the Ravens and the Browns. The Browns are back to five hundred. Um, Baker Mayfield looked a lot better. Nick Chubb looks like he's the truth. Um, they are Cleveland's missing some playmakers on offense. Their defense is still suspect. Eleven and five, baby. Um, Eleven and five. Uh, we were supposed to be
1: twelve and four, but we had we dropped one. We shouldn't. Eleven and five. Nah, I'm gonna go nine and seven <laughs> on
0: now. That feels about right. But they're gonna they're um, gonna easily win the
1: division. They got six wins
0: there, so. Uh, I don't know if they beat the Ravens twice. Um so you got the Carolina Panthers and the Houston Texans and Houston Texans um, and Houston looks awful. Um, they can't get the ball to DeAndre Hopkins at all. They have no running game really to speak of. Um, they they traded a third round draft pick for Duke Johnson. They don't use him. Uh, they they brought in Car- Carlos Hyde who, you know, is going to come in and get you 50, 60, 70 yards a game, which is fine. Um, you know, They can't stretch the ball to Will Fuller They can't stretch the ball to Kenny Stills Who I, I know he got hurt But this offense does not look good at all Yeah man uh, With all the innovative offenses
1: coming into the league And people finding dynamic ways to use their quarterback skill sets And talents in the offense You're sitting here with Deshaun Watson, Duke Johnson, Carlos Hyde Kenny Stills, Will Fuller DeAndre Hopkins and you can't figure out how to consistently score the ball is kind of ridiculous I mean, Deshaun Watson is one of the more athletic quarterbacks in the NFL and he's not afraid to use his legs you got Hopkins who's one of the most dynamic receivers in the NFL and you have Duke Johnson who's one of the best pass catching running backs to go with two deep threats and Will Fuller and Kenny Stills and you can't consistently move the offense how? I don't understand it. Like, these offensive coordinators continue to get jobs, and I don't know if Bill O'Brien is calling his own plays or what, but this offense has looked horrible for the last four or five years. A lot of that could be blamed on the quarterback situation. But when Deshaun Watson first got in there, he looked unstoppable. He's putting up 400, 500 yards a game before he tore his ACL. What happened? Why did this offense look like this? I don't understand it. Even the explanation that Deshaun Watson was trying to give their cover, um, Put playing cover four and putting four over top, then quit running fucking deep routes. Run some underneath shit. Use Duke Johnson. Right.
0: Like I don't get it, man. Yeah, I mean you got one of the best receiver, if not the best receiver in the game, who could probably get open at any point he wants. But if you got you know nobody's beating four cats on a twenty yard, uh, you know, on a twenty yard fly, nothing up the seam, a post like that's not gonna work against a cover four. So you know there's been no communication to hey go sit between that linebacker and that safety or you know what i mean like you because you have an accurate quarterback that can get you it just it doesn't make sense we'll see what the hell's going on with them bill o'brien i think should be fired but he wins that division every year because it's a trash division (laughs) so he'll probably stay there forever um the rams uh i don't believe listen it's it's early in the season is this still a super bowl contender or is that
1: window closed I can't say that it's closed right now. I thought that they got real lucky last year um, in getting to the in getting to the Super Bowl. I mean, we all know about the the call that was missed. If you don't miss that call, then they probably – I mean, they, they go to the Super Bowl, right? Uh, they don't go to the Super Bowl, right? Um, I don't know if they go if Philly can pull it out versus the Saints. Um, I don't know, man. I just don't believe in this team. I think Jared Goff had an exceptional year last year. Everything kind of clicked for him, but – to me, it feels like this is going to be what happened with the Atlanta Hawks. You make it to the Super Bowl, and then your team kind of falls apart. Todd Gurley was a big part of that team. Um, even though he he wasn't there in the playoffs, he still was a big part of them getting there, just dominating early in the season. These parts of the season where they're struggling, this was Todd Gurley time. This was Todd Gurley getting 100 receiving, 200 yards rushing, six touchdowns. I mean, for goodness sakes, the dude had 17 touchdowns last year. And you're not seeing that same dynamic, Ty Gurley. I don't believe in Brandon Cooks. He's hit or miss every game. Robert Woods looks like a consistent, and Cooper Cup, but nah,
0: I don't believe in Jared Goff. Cooper Cup's the best receiver on that on that team. Yeah, I just don't uh, believe, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, and it's funny how the NFL it humbles you fast, doesn't it? Because this time last year, you couldn't stop talking about how much of a genius Sean McVay was, and now. He's kind of getting out-coached on the regular. Um, I mean, you know, you give defensive coordinators some game
1: tape to figure out what you're doing, then you got to adjust. I mean, Chip Kelly's offense worked that first year, too. It looked dynamic. That second year, they couldn't mm-hmm. move the ball at all. You have to continue to be innovative. And if you don't do that, then this is what you're going to get.
0: Yeah. I'm not saying Sean McVay's not a good coach, but everyone slowed down on that. I mean, same thing happened 20 years ago with John Gruden. Um, you know, he was at – innovative offensive mind the Raiders came in and and blew the tops off of everybody outside of you know the St. Louis Rams and the greatest show on turf that Oakland Raiders offense was unlike any other before he takes that same offense to Tampa and never picks up they figured out how to stop it Bill Callahan tried to continue that offense in Oakland and Oakland was never heard from for another 15 years so Um, the NFL will humble you fast, it seems like.
1: Yeah, it will. But I mean, I'm not, I'm not all the way out on this team. I think that Tampa Bay, I think Tampa Bay might be finding their footing because they have a really good defense. That defense is better than I expected, especially with Shaq Barrett on the outside, Sue on the inside. They, they're playing very well. I don't think that defense is a fluke. Um, they just have to get consistency with Jameis Winston. And it seems like he's starting to figure it out with those receivers. Um, and you know if they can get that running game consistent, they can get Ronald Jones to be consistent and quite put fucking around with Peyton Barber. That offense can pick it up and be dynamic. I think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers might be primed to surprise some teams. i I mean, putting up about putting up forty five points on the Rams. At the end of the day, that defense is still good, and they they kind of pick them apart.
0: Yeah. Um. All right. Just a couple more things before we get out of here. Um, Vikings, Bears, we talked about how bad Kirk Cousins is. Um, although, I will say, I think it might be better for the Bears that Mitchell Trubisky got hurt. No. Cause that dude is garbage. I've, I mean, I'm not saying I've Chase Daniels I'm about to say, I've seen Chase Daniels. I'm <laughs> not saying he's better, but he can't be worse. He can. And <laughs> I mean, hey,
1: believe me, bro. He can be. <laughs> he he can not be worse.
0: Trubisky's pretty bad, man. He, he is... and it's not the you're definitely going to lose the athleticism which i think it's lost with trubisky because he is an athlete but the i've never seen cat miss so many open receivers um it's it's pretty bad so we'll see i think this this is a gettable game for them um in london against the raiders um i don't think i think you're going to look at a similar type game probably a a 16 to 14 17 14 game you know And it could go either way, um, depending on which Raiders team shows up. But it's going to hinge on how good Chase Daniel is, because if not, that offense is going nowhere.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go out on the ledge here and say that the Raiders dominate the Bears. Chase Daniels is awful when they really – mean, whenever the backup quarterback comes mid-game, they usually do something. It's kind of like Kyle Allen, you know what I mean? But people know them. They know how to defend Chase Daniels. Chase Daniels is awful, believe me. And the Raiders are going to tear him apart. I just believe that the Raiders are going to dominate them.
0: Well, I hope you're right. <laughs> um, the Denver Broncos, your 10 and 6 Denver Broncos, whatever you had man at, at, lost another game in a heartbreaking fashion. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm out
1: on that. I, I apologize for that dumb take and thinking that they can do anything. They just gave up 200 yards to Leonard Fournette. That.
0: that defense is terrible. Yeah. And they um, just lost Chris Bradley Chubb for wait the to year. Get out of yeah, and Chris Harris can't wait to get out of there. He said he only got 13 more <laughs> weeks left in Denver. Uh, Denver's a mess. Um, yep. And then lastly, you got the um, the Cowboys-Saints uh, Sunday night game. Terrible game to watch, but a great defensive struggle. Um, and, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is going to win you games like this uh if you're the saints you're happy with as stacking as many wins as you can till drew Brees gets back that defense is definitely very very good a lot of ohio state cats on in that uh defensive backfield um the saints i think are going to be a tough team to beat because they can beat you ugly and they just like i said they kind of have to wait for for drew Brees to come back and that our offense should go back to being dynamic um, they already held court.
1: They already held court, and they already got two wins. People were saying that they only needed yep. three to go three and three and three. You go three and three, and yep. then you're still right and in the mix. Four and four
0: end. when Drew Brees comes back. Exactly. Um, I was impressed with that on defense, the Cowboys. I was too on the on the Cowboys side of things. They couldn't get anything going on offense. Um, you know, not a bad game for Dak. The more and more I watch Dak, the more and more I like Dak. Um, But that that defense of the Saints really stifled them. They couldn't get – I mean, you know, Ezekiel Elliott uncharacteristically putting the ball on the ground. He looks like this was preseason for him, and it probably was. Um, But I don't take too much away from the Cowboys on this game. I think they're still a good team. But I think this is the kind of game that the Saints wanted.
1: Yeah, I kind of what I take away is that this offense really misses Michael Gallup. He's supposed to be back, but it seems like even with the emergence of Devin Smith, that one game that was a bit of a fluke. They really need Michael Gallup on the other side to take some of that pressure off Amari Cooper. I think when Michael Gallup comes back to that offense, they can get go back to being high flying again. Devin Smith is no longer the number two. Receiver now he's number three or four, which um, adds a whole new dynamic to that offense. So I think the only reason that this offense has really struggled is because Amari Cooper didn't have much help. It goes back to,
0: well, go ahead, go ahead. I was I, I was gonna make the same point. Amari Cooper is a talented receiver, but he's not a Julio Jones and a, a Odell Beckham to where if like he can still put the team on his back from a wide receiver position. He was at his best when he had Michael Crabtree who was also putting up a thousand yards and that's what Dallas needs is that Michael Crabtree and Michael Gallup uh, role to to come at and just like you said, relieve the stress from Amari because he's, he's a number two that gets treated like a number one. Unfortunately, yeah. And I mean, when you put, you start rolling coverages his way and making sure a linebackers underneath
1: to keep him from breaking. Um, then he can't. he, can yeah, he kind of struggles. You start seeing the the four for forty yards and shit like that. But if you put another receiver that can become a dynamic weapon, which Michael Michael Gallup has been having an awesome first half of the season, I think that's what makes that whole offense a little bit more dangerous. And just, I mean, they're going to be a tough team to beat going forward because Zeke hadn't even really got rolling yet. And they did lose their left tackle, I believe. Was it Tyron Smith? Yeah, Tyron Smith. To an ankle yep. injury. So it'll be interesting to see how this Green Bay game goes. But that's going to depend a lot on if Devontae Adams plays or not. If Devontae Adams plays, then, you know, uh, the Dallas did. Ben. The, the the second part of it is maybe what we saw in the first three games was a fluke. Also, I mean they did play Washington, the Giants, and uh, Dolphins. So and they didn't look great against the Dolphins. So it could just be that this offense isn't what we thought it was. Anyways, no, very true.
0: Um,
1: Monday night game. I right, mean
0: that's what we got. Uh, Well, there's not much talk about there. I was going to touch on it, but... I think it's
1: interesting that uh, Mike Tomlin brought out the Wildcat. It shows that they don't have much trust in uh, Mason Rudolph. It shows that they're going to try to do anything just to win games. And personally... With their personnel, I like that Wildcat. I like Jalen Samuels running with James Conner and using some of those playmakers like James Washington and um, Deontay Johnson. I like what they did there. I'd be interested to see that work against
0: a real team, though. I was going <laughs> to say, it's all fun when you play in the Bengals, but when you're going up against a real team, we'll see how that works. And I I, I suspect that it will not. It, it won't work against a Jim Schwartz type Defensive coordinator, I mean, that, that's only going to work so many times uh, in the league. So. so I guess the real question from that beast.
1: game is, why is Andy Dalton still a starting quarterback in the NFL? Any, He's any good answers?
0: But but you know what? That offensive line is one of the worst I've ever seen because uh, they, they've got some talent. Joe Mixon is talented, um, but that offensive line is just pure garbage. But Andy Dalton stinks too, so they need to figure that out. And can we stop, man? Like I'm not even sure Zach Taylor's a real head coach, <laughs> just because the man, you know, shared a, a meal with uh with homeboy Sean McVay. Stop with this. Hopefully, we can see that like this means nothing. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, I'm a, stop giving cats chances that don't that haven't earned the chances yet. Yeah, I mean, I wish
1: that the the um, they treated coaches like players. I mean, because if that was the case, you know, Cincinnati could call up the Washington Redskins. You know, trade Zach Taylor for, you know, Jay Gruden in a second. You know, and just, <laughs> shit, that's
0: what the Bucks did with John Gruden. Yeah, just shit. get
1: somebody in there that knows Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton had his best season with uh, Jay Gruden. Jay Gruden obviously understands how to utilize the Red Rocket and nobody else. Just make the trade. Let Zach Taylor go, you know, get with Dwayne Haskins, try some new shit, and bring, bring Jay Gruden back to Cincinnati and let him coach up the Red Rocket. Everybody wins.
0: That he gets fired in Washington and he's gonna end up in Oakland, uh, and that might not be that might not be terrible. Nah, he's a, you put him back. He's an OC. I mean, he's
1: definitely an OC. Yeah,
0: you you put him back as an offensive coordinator that that has had successful quarterbacks. I don't hate it, so I'm rooting for him to be fired until so. until
1: two games into the season, and then you totally hate it.
0: Oh no doubt. <laughs> um, you know. It just is what it is. <laughs> all right, man. Anything before we get out of here?
1: Nah, that's it, man. Just can't wait to training camps. There's some good preseason games coming on um, national TV next week. So that's all I'm gearing up for is watch some of the Hawks, I think, play. Um, but, yeah, that's it, man. I'm just ready to see some preseason basketball, man. Get get my mouth.
0: Uh, go ahead. Other podcasts has dropped. We got the finance doctors back, uh, so go catch up on that on the Too Smart Network <laughs> We're still working on some things to get you guys some contact coming uh, uh, on a few different fronts. So We also got a guest um,
1: appearance coming up soon on In the Black yep, Podcast. We'll look for us
0: for In the Black Podcast. We'll uh, shoot you the links to that as soon as they are available. So we're doing some things out here. Enjoy your week, and we'll holler at you soon. Peace. Peace.